Welcome to the Cannabis 101 podcast, your guide through the legalization and consumption of cannabis in Canada and beyond. Here's your host, Dean Millard. Hello there and welcome to episode 77, hour number one, where technology has uh, defeated Dean. Indeed, uh, technology has uh, has beaten me. Um, we do not have any kind of video uh, for hour number one this week because, unfortunately, uh, I couldn't get the cameras uh, to... Uh, work properly, uh, working on a few different things and something has changed. So anyway, I won't go into the details. You just got video or just audio this week, but hey, it's better than nothing. And you know what? It's not just about getting high. It's about getting healthy on this show. And we want to talk about how we can all benefit from this wonderful plant that is cannabis. And in one way, we get things going on this show. in your pipe and smoke it. Can you dig it? Kind of grabs you by the boo-boo, don't it? Pipe and a grape, long and a blitz. This is great. This is the bee's knees. Can you dig it? So we start things off by finding out what's your groove. And when I say that, I mean, if you're listening to this show, you're grooving with any kind of cannabis in particular, uh, let me know what it is. You mind if I do it, Jay? Anything you want, man. You're the dude. Uh, so you might have a joint. Maybe you just have some relaxing CBD. Maybe you have some edibles. Pipe and a grape. Bong and a blintz. I'm going with something I have never tried before when it comes to cannabis. And man, do I wish I had... Uh, the video for this, but I did take some pictures. Uh, you can, and I'll, and I'll have some more coming out later on our Instagram account at the Cannabis 101 podcast. But this is why I always say know your order day. You know, if you've got a store in your area, you know, maybe you live in uh, the Jasper Ave and you go see my buddy Chris Ionson on a regular basis. Maybe you're uh, going to Numo Cannabis. Maybe you're in uh, St. Albert uh, or you're going down to Lethbridge and you got the Green Rock Cannabis. I don't know. Uh, I, I always know when the stores in my area get their order. And Plant Life in uh, Jensen Lakes or Aaron Ridge, uh, you know, I go back and forth every once in a while. But there, I know when their order day is Monday. And, and I always, my good buddy Gage um, is the man there and he always has something new. So I pop in on Mondays and I got some Kinslips Cloud Buster. And these are sublingual strips that go under your tongue. As mentioned, I really wish we had video uh, for this, but uh, you'll see some of the pictures that I'll put up, uh, kind of what exactly this looks like. And yeah, it's just like I, I've i known people that uh, use these things for uh, nausea, that it uh, takes away nausea right away. Not these, uh, these specific, specific THC ones. Uh, but just uh, sublingual sl uh, strips in general. 
Uh, now this is uh, 10 milligrams of THC uh, per unit. So there you go. I'm going to, uh, if I can ever get it out of the packaging, there we go. I'm going to slip this under my tongue. See how it goes for the rest of the show. All right, that's what I'm grooving on is Kinslip's Cloud Buster Sublingual Strips. Big thanks to my uh, buddy Gage at Plant Life in Jensen Lakes for telling me about these new things. I'm, I'm always interested in trying new things. So here's what's coming down the hash pipe on this show. David Wiley from the OZ. He's going to join us on This Week in Cannabis News. Mexico is hitting snooze on their legalization. That and uh, many other stories that David and I will talk about. Malcolm LaBelle from the Green Generation Co. on the business of cannabis. It seems Health Canada is kind of listening. Um, or are they? I guess we'll let you decide uh, when it comes to uh, reviewing the Cannabis Act. The cannabis question is about rare cultivars. We'll give you the weed word of the day. Stores and organizations is what I'm focusing on. And we'll tell you about the Weed Weekly and uh, the giveaway that we have going there every week. But let's get going with the cannabis question. It's prize time. Chime in on the cannabis question. Okay. And you could win a Cannabis 101 podcast prize pack. Pipe in a cape, bong in a blint. Hit us up on any of our social media feeds or email us at cannabis101podcast at gmail.com. Okay, here we go. All right, the cannabis question today is what is one cultivar that you have never had that you would love to see under the tree this year? What is one cultivar you would love to have that you've never tried before? This is a no-brainer for me. We did this the other day on our 12 cultivars of Christmas. It's Acapulco Gold. No stems, no seeds that you don't need. Acapulco Gold is... Badass weed. That's from Cheech and Chong. That that wasn't actually Cheech and Chong. It's just a brilliant impersonation by me. But I I honestly, and I've told this story many times before. When I was growing up, I thought they were making up Acapulco Gold and Maui Wowie and Thai Stick and all that stuff. I thought I didn't know they were real names of cultivars. And uh, man, I would love to somehow find some Acapulco Gold. Uh, so Santa. I would love some Acapulco Gold in my stocking this year. What rare cultivar that you've never had would you like to see under the tree this year? Hit me up at any of our uh, social media feeds, Cannabis 101 on Twitter. Find us at Cannabis 101 Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. You can also email me, Cannabis101Podcast at Gmail if you would like to stay anonymous or if you just like using email. And we'll throw all the responses into the uh, hat and draw out a winner. By the way, today is the last day that you can get in on winning somebody else, the Slash from Stonesmiths. All you have to do is uh, email me uh, before the end of Monday, December 14th, and tell me who you think deserves to get the Slash. And 
we'll throw that person's name in the hat with the others that we've received and they could be getting the slash courtesy of you and we'll also hook you up with something cool won't be a slash but it'll be cool so hit us up let me know please uh, reach out now, speaking of uh stonesmiths uh, they're one of our great partners along with the oz the green generation company uh, regal cigars andre from regal cigars has uh, been so kind uh, to our listeners and our viewers and same with stonesmiths check them out at uh, stonesmiths.ca this vape pen the slash for concentrates is the bomb it's so awesome uh, built-in loader four or three temperature settings uh two clicks and you get the auto fire mode it's awesome uh, you can find it at uh, shell shock in edmonton also at uh, Green Rock Cannabis uh, here in St. Albert and uh, Lethbridge. By the way, Green Rock has something really cool going on right now. If you have a cannabis fan in your life, but maybe you don't know that much about cannabis, maybe cannabis is intimidating a little bit, although it shouldn't be. There, If a bud tender ever intimidates you, go find another store because that's garbage. And thankfully, I've never come across a, a bud tender that... Um, was intimidating like that but some people find cannabis intimidating so you can head to green rock cannabis and they will put something together you just tell them uh price range anything specific that you're looking for and they will find some great stuff so uh, check that out uh, and also grab a slash from stonesmiths while you're there perfect way to do that trip and uh, big thanks to all of our partners here on the uh, cannabis one-on-one podcast speaking of one of our partners coming right up as we get into this week in cannabis news with david wiley what's happening we'll tell you right now on this week in cannabis news all right my good friend david wiley joins us today as uh technology has the best of me there will be no video on hour number one we hope to get the video up for hour number two uh, later on this week, but uh, David will uh, kick it old school today with just audio, as as old school as a uh, as audio on a podcast is these days. We must be from the same generation because I was just thinking, kicking it old school. Yeah, exactly the same phrase. <laughs> yeah, like so old school used to mean for me it would be like writing something out with a pencil. Now old school is recording audio, so it shows. Uh, the age uh, that we have. And and I don't know how old we are going to be when we are able to go and get legal cannabis in Mexico because um, I love the, the title and the headline of this uh, article from Marijuana Business Daily. Mexico hits snooze on cannabis legalization until next spring. So you can't top that headline. That's exactly what's happened. They're dragging their feet on legalization. Um, you know, Mexico is on the verge of becoming the world's largest market for legal cannabis, uh, but it it ain't there yet. The Supreme Court of Mexico has again extended the deadline for legislators to comply with a mandate to legalize adult use cannabis. Uh, Congress actually now has there until the end of the next ordinary session period, which basically ends April 2021. Uh, the most recent deadlines, there have been a few now, was December 15th. And uh, so here we are with another extension. And, you know, maybe that's actually good news because cannabis advocates uh, were not impressed with the current legislation and they have been lobbying to change it. Um, right now, the way that it's written, uh, advocates say that uh, it would favor large corporations over small businesses uh, and family owned farms. 
And that, uh, that basically the assertion is that the way the draft law looks now is that it would have uh, it would do little to address the issues at the root of Mexico's current illegal drug trade. Um, you know, part of the big problem with their current legislation is that it requires consumers to register for a government license. And, you know, obviously that's a big deterrent from people going to the legal market. You know, one of the le- big lessons here in Canada that uh, has become clear is that you need to eliminate barriers for people uh, to purchase legal cannabis and increase barriers against people purchasing illicit cannabis. So uh, hopefully that's something that uh, legislators in Mexico will take into account as they rethink what this is going to look like. You know, it's interesting, according to this article, uh, a poll published by the Center for Social Studies and Public Opinion in May 2020 showed that a clear majority of Mexicans were against recreational cannabis legalization. And and as you mentioned, you know, this is pushed back. This is starting to, to uh, resemble a Telemundo soap opera now because it's being pushed back and pushed back. You know, if you've ever been a trip, I, my, one of my favorite things about going to Mexico is you know, spending a little bit of time watching uh, uh, Telemundo uh, 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 soap operas because – I don't know what the heck they're talking about, but man, the the uh, animation is awesome. And this story is starting to resemble that because it's being pushed back and pushed back. And I guess the silver lining is that maybe the actual writing of it could be changed for the better. And, and it's good that we have people, um, that there are people who are trying to hold government to account for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was extremely surprised when I saw the results of that poll that um, you know the majority of people were not in favor of legalizing cannabis. That blew my mind a little bit, and I wonder if maybe that has something to do with a lack of trust in the government. Um, but you know, I can only speculate. All I know is that that did surprise me. Okay, let's check out this next story. And um, you know, this is uh, um, I, I guess it was a, a call. Uh, with Health Canada um, that you were uh, uh, able to be uh, a part of, and the you know this is this is a headline that we know already, and that the headline is that Health Canada doesn't understand cannabis, and and we know that, and, and you probably saw firsthand uh, some of the frustration and and just how I guess some of um, uh, the void between you know the cannabis industry and Health Canada right now. There's so much frustration. And the the call was actually with the Canadian Chamber of Commerce's Mm. National Cannabis Working Group. And, uh, you know, kudos to them because Health Canada is going to be undertaking a review of the federal government, a a review of the Cannabis Act. And uh, basically, the Canadian Chamber of Commerce wanted to make sure that its members had a voice during this review. And there was a lot of frustration. This particular session was around uh, labeling, marketing, advertising. Um, There are other sessions coming up. But when it comes to these issues, it wasn't just frustration. There was also a lot of confusion. You know, for example, what does uh, 19 plus age gating mean in a digital age? Is it simple enough just to have someone click that they're 19 plus? 
or like you need in Alberta? Does it need to go through a third party mechanism? And is anybody even using a third party verification mechanism? Again, you know, just to throw back a little bit to what's what's happening with concerns in Mexico here. Do we really want to force people to go through, uh, you know, yet another hoop in order to even just find information online about cannabis it makes no sense to me. And it makes no sense to people that were on this call. Uh, there were also concerns about a, a bulletin that came out basically saying that if cannabis sellers are putting a discounted price on something, that's not a permanent price reduction that they're running afoul of the cannabis act. Uh, <laughs> A former journalist on the call suggested that maybe advertising, the Advertising Standards Council should be looked at as coming on to this in order to help ensure that advertising standards are well written and able to be upheld. Uh, but there was a, a mention made that actually the Advertising Standards Council was sought initially and they didn't want to do it. <laughs> so what, is, what does that tell you? Um, you know, other, other comments just generally about the rules around packaging being a real detriment. Um, and right now here, one of the cannabis retailers in my neck of the woods in the Okanagan raised major concerns that the illicit stores in the area are actually using, uh, warnings and packaging that mimics what health Canada is using. So there's, there's creating, um, a lot of confusion out here as to what is a licensed product and what is not. Um, so overall, really the tone of the call was that advertising and marketing is a not getting it right. And people really wanted to see cannabis come on par with what's happening with alcohol right now and really level that playing field because at the moment, uh, the sentiment is that it's just unfair and that the, the the licensed retailers are suffering because of it. Listen, th this quote uh, from Ryan Graham of uh, Blue Water Cannabis about uh, the definition of fraudulent being what these illicit uh, cannabis companies are doing is bang on. They're using labels that look like the Health Canada THC warning. They're using, they, they mimic everything. And you know, we can't like cannabis is so new to so many people that, you know, they, there's a lot of people that don't know the difference. This isn't like cereal where we all know what cereal looked like and what it should look like and things like that or tires or, or, or a different thing. This is brand new for a lot of people. And it's easily it's easy to be true. Last week, I had an illicit cannabis company reach out to me wanting to advertise on my show like that's how brazen it is getting in the illicit cannabis market they don't care they're gonna they're they're gonna reach out to want to advertise and when they're doing that that tells you david they're not scared of anything right now no not at all um and you know there there is certainly a lack of enforcement um that plays into that and, you know, myself, I would really like to see the barriers to people purchasing legal cannabis uh, just fall. That's that's what needs to happen here right now. Um, it, you know, there was a fascinating, a, a fascinating suggestion at this call, too, where one of the one of the folks basically said that it's it's 
there needs to be a standard when it comes to the quality. Mm. So if you go and you buy beef in the grocery store, you know if you're buying AAA beef, you're going to get great quality beef. And there needs to be something similar in the cannabis industry because when you're selling something that's supposed to be great and that's rated as fire and then you get larf and dry bits and pieces, again, you're pushing people who want to be part of the industry, legal industry away to to go back to um you know their guy down the street or whatever so i i thought that that might have been a great idea to to have a standard an industry standard and some cooperation on board where you can tell people that something is truly truly great mm-hmm. yeah and there's there's lots of ways to do that uh, and you you know there's there's lots of different things that uh, those standards would force all LPs to do. You know, maybe putting harvesting dates on, maybe making sure there's a humidity pack in everything that goes out. So I think a standard would be important to, because everybody meets the bare minimum. And then those who go above the best, you know, are like the AAA beef uh, that you're getting. Well, we, we talked about those illicit uh, products that are out there and, and how easily recognizable they can be. Well, it, it doesn't help the uh, legal market, uh, the retail stores that are, have gone through all the, the hoops to open up their store and sell legal products, when websites advertise those illegal websites, or at least they used to, one website in particular, uh, tell us what, about what Weed Maps is doing. Weed Maps is finally saying that it now requires any Canadian cannabis listings on its website to include a formal retail license number. And uh, it's interesting, the motivation behind it. Mm -hmm. This comes a day after the company announced plans to go public through a merger uh, that would put it onto the NASDAQ. Basically, Weed Maps uh, has come in with a valuation of 1.5 billion US. It's a startling number. Yes. and this would uh, merger would provide WeMaps with a $575 million in proceeds, including $325 million through private placement from additional financiers. So there's some real interest in bringing WeMaps into legitimacy. Um, so basically, this new policy would essentially stop any illicit operators from offering their products. Uh, or their locations or anything on that company's platform. So several months ago, BNN Bloomberg was the first to report too that eight Canadian cannabis retailers had submitted a letter to the RCMP urging them to enforce the illicit market activity on the Weed Maps platform. We talked about yeah. that at the time. Um, and you know, when the when the letter was delivered, the, the Weed Map site actually featured thousands of illicit cannabis providers across Canada, um, as well as some of the some of the legal cannabis shops. However, the site itself didn't differentiate between the two, so it did add to a lot of confusion uh, in the market as to what's legal and what's not legal, and that's a big problem right now. Um, but now it actually appears that all of those illicit operators have been removed from the platform. So... That's a that's an interesting move forward for Weed Maps. I, I mean, they have such an increasing amount of competition on a, what would be a niche online service that seems to be becoming less important even after legalization because everyone's got their menu online now. Yep. You've got a, a bunch of different sites that do actually list menus across Canada. 
um, you know, once upon a time before legalization here, it was a lot harder to find a dispensary. So with that massive valuation, I wonder there's got to be a pivot here. I think like exactly what you're, you know, at first during this conversation, I'm thinking, wow, this is a massive step forward in, you know, what we've been talking about, not allowing these uh, illicit um, companies to be able to uh, sit beside, you know, um, you know, whether it's a plant life or a, you know, a green rock or a pneumo or something like that. You know, one is a corporate, some of our, our uh, individuals, it's not fair. It's 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 hard enough competing with the other legal retails because there's so many stores, but it's also not fair. And yeah, we talked about that. The retailers uh, reached out, and then one of them walked it back a little bit and didn't want to be involved, I think. But mm-hmm. this is such an important thing because as you said that, if you don't have an online menu these days, well, I'm sorry, you're losing business. You know, when 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 first of uh, legalization happened, I remember there was a night I drove around to about six stores looking for pre-rolls. And this is when I thought they just had people rolling in the back like Kramer had uh, the Dominicans uh, <laughs> rolling the cigars in Seinfeld. I thought you just rolled your own all the time. You just had a really good roll. I, you know, I was so tone deaf to the entire industry. And I had to drive around to all these stores. Well, now you just search. Who has this blue dream that I want? Oh, this store? Okay, that's where I'm going. You're left in the dust if you don't have an online menu these days. So I, too, like you, wonder, what is weed map? What are they going to do with all this extra money in a world that is flooded with online menus? It's a great question. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I know that our uh, final story is a very cool one that you and I both think um, is going to lead to something. And and maybe this is where some, you know, the cannabis industry gets some uh, pressure from somebody you might not expect. But BioSteel has inked a partnership with the Toronto Raptors as their official sports drink. And the reason we're making that connection is because Canopy Growth owns a good portion, if not all, of BioSteel. This is just a fascinating area in legal cannabis right now, uh, where we've got companies who are constantly looking for loopholes in the Cannabis Act when it comes to marketing. And the act right now states that it's prohibited to promote cannabis by means of a testimonial or endorsement and by depiction of a person, character, or animal, whether real or fictional. Uh, And yet now we've got the Toronto Raptors uh, as the as an official partner with BioSteel. So in the announcement, let's be clear, there is no mention of cannabis. There's no mention of BioSteel's CBD uh, line or CBD products. Uh, but basically, this is, just to give you the nuts and bolts, this is a multi-year deal with the Raptors. Uh, it's the, BioSteel will be their team's official sports drink partner. Um, basically, the it designates that... Uh, the sports hydration company is going to be um, providing them with the drink. And in return, they're going to be getting tons of advertising. Uh, so there's prominent, going to be prominent BioSteel branding. You watch a Raptors game, you're going to see BioSteel Bio branding. Um, and it's also going to be on the team's training facility. It's going to be on coolers and on cups and on the sidelines and on bench areas, on the home visiting team chairbacks, uh, courtside LEDs, pole pad signage. I mean, BioSteel is going to be everywhere. So this was a company that was founded in 2009. Focus is on their, uh, you know, basically natural sugar-free products. However, 
they do have a CBD line that is freely promoted in the U.S., uh, where when it comes to CBD, you've got people like Martha Stewart that uh, that can openly endorse and openly promote. And here in Canada, of course, as uh, just mentioned, that's pretty frowned upon. Mm-hmm. So uh, my thinking is that when you've got Canopy out here, they they did this initially too. You remember Leaves by Snoop. Uh, I mean, they've got Snoop Dogg as part of their portfolio of of brands. They've got Seth Rogen, of course, the houseplant as part of their portfolio of brands. And now they've got a, a sports drink that's got a CBD line tied to the Raptors. So we're going to be seeing an enormous amount of pressure on legislators, on the federal government here to start to make changes. Uh, you know, you couple this with the review that's happening that we talked about earlier off the top there. And this is, I think that we're going to start to see some major changes over the next year or two when it comes to how cannabis companies are going to be able to market and promote because that pressure is ramping up. Exactly. And there's two things that uh, I look at with this. First of all, Mike Camilleri, former NHLer, uh, he started BioSteel. And he also is a big fan of, uh, you know, what the cannabis plant can do. He was an Edmonton oiler, had some uh, injury issues. I think it was a back issue. And it was the time when I was still covering the Oilers. And at the suggestion of some of his younger teammates, uh, sought out cannabis. A team doctor uh, hooked him up with cannabis and used some CBD. He was looking for an alternative. If you read some of the stories about Mike Camilleri, some of his teammates would have, they would be doing these concoctions of, you know, beer, uh, an opiate and something else to get through there that, you know, it was like, it was just crazy that he saw this. So mm-hmm. he, he is the, he is the man behind BioSteel and he knows what BioSteel does for athletes. He also knows what CBD has done for him and other athletes. And the second part of it is the NBA, like they did in their bubble will not be testing for cannabis. So these two worlds are like, they're like two icebergs uh, just on a collision course with each other out in the ocean. Uh, And this marriage of CBD and athleticism and athletes is, you know, this, this could be the beginning. Now you and I are connecting a lot of dots on our own. We should state that as you mentioned earlier, but I I really think that this is the beginning. Yeah, definitely. We like to connect those dots. And, you know, sometimes uh, it's a little it's a little easier to see what those connected dots are going to become. And I think that with everything that's happening right now in cannabis and the way that things are changing so quickly, uh, especially with this review coming up, that there's there's a lot afoot, my friend, a lot afoot. Indeed. You can find more of the good news and the not-so-good news sometimes in the <laughs> cannabis industry at OkanaganZ.com. They cover it all. Follow them on Twitter at OkanaganZ. David, thank you so much, as usual, for joining us. Hopefully, next week we have video back up and running. Yeah, it's uh, great to talk, and I do like to see your smiling face.
Cannabis 101 podcast, your guide through the legalization and consumption of cannabis in Canada and beyond. I want to remind you that the Cannabis and Hemp Expo uh, was supposed to take place in late April in, uh, or yeah, last year of late April, then October, but you know the story by now. It is going to happen late April of 2021, uh, the 24th, 25th at the Edmonton Expo Center. You can find out the details, CannabisHempExpo.com. Keep it locked on this show. We will have uh, some tickets to give away as we get closer, though. Uh, Check it out, CannabisHempExpo.com. We're going to have a booth. We'll be there. We'll be broadcasting. I'd love for you to come down, say hello, and possibly be a part of the show. is the business of cannabis a joint venture between the green generation co and the cannabis 101 podcast bringing you the latest bud biz buzz And welcome to the business of cannabis with Malka LaBelle from the Green Generation Co. Find her online at www.greengencompany.com and find out how Malka can help you. Well, well, one thing for sure I know, Malka, is that technology won Dean Zero today. <laughs> we're not recording video because uh, I am having some technical issues. So uh, old school as they day, just the as they say, just doing. Uh, the audio and and sometimes you just gotta say uncle when it comes to technology yeah you know what we live in a world that everyone just assumes it works all the time but when it doesn't eh, just roll with the punches we're still talking we're still doing the podcast exactly yeah we could still do a show and that's the uh, main thing and 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 the main topic the lead topic that we're going with today is I, I think very positive news. Health Canada seems to be listening uh, when it comes to the Cannabis Act and the future of cannabis, which is something that you're heavily involved in. Yeah, this is kind of a double-edged sword. Uh, you, yes, they're listening, but play, maybe in a place that people aren't expecting them to be listening. Uh, so as we mentioned on several of the episodes before, I'm part of the roundtables that the National Cannabis Working Group and the public are engaged in on this. Um, these are the Cannabis Review of, uh, of the Cannabis Act which is supposed to be um, a process that's supposed to start next October. That's what the public announcements around it have, have all been consistently saying. So what's interesting about this is, you know, I've been at these roundtable sessions. There's been three so far. I think there's three more taking us into the early uh, 2021 and almost every recommendation that I have made in these roundtables. Now, there's been lots of recommendations. There's also been a lot of people that bellyache and complain the whole time. But I'm really all about, like, let's find the solution. So I try and make constructive, you know, contributions so that something that people can like, hmm, that's a good idea. Or maybe we should try it differently. That's been sort of my stance on, on working with these roundtables. So, you know, a lot of the things that I've mentioned have gotten some really good, um, you know, in the conversation, some really good buzz and some good feedback because hmm, that's something we haven't tried before or a different different way to look at it. But interestingly, this popped up and I, honest to God, would not have found it if it had not been for me digging through my Twitter account of looking for someone's contact information that I just happened to notice um, 
a link to uh, the Gazette, which apparently is the official uh, publication of of, uh, the government showing notices for, you know, public facing information. So I wasn't really in tune with that Gazette to begin with. But what I noticed on here was there's, you know, it's a very long, very boring document that has no pictures and very little change in font um, and deep buried into this extensive thing is a section for Health Canada asking for public consultation around the exact topics that we've been t- discussing in the roundtable that had brought about some interesting uh, conversation in, in, the, uh, in the groups. It's specific, specifically around um, the Cannabis Act and it's just a tough reg- uh, regulations around labeling um, as well as, um, you know, things around research licensing was a, as, a, as a comment that I made that was seemed to be uh, well received by the group is let's just lower the barriers for research licensing so more people are doing research on cannabis in different ways as well as around the destruction of cannabis materials which is a burdensome and onerous uh, experience for cannabis producers so these all ended up as points of consultation um, for public request in this um, document in this gazette posting the the kind of the strange thing about it it's only open for 30 days so mm. it was published on saturday in sort of an inconspicuous i mean unless you're following this gazette page you kind of wouldn't notice it and it closes 30 days later uh january 11th of 2021 asking specific feedback around these areas so are they really wanting consultation around this or did they sorry you know bury it in the weeds a year pro- before um it's really supposed to be out for public consultation in a boring hard to find way but here we are I found it and I'm and I'm going to respond. So what do you think Dean is is this the government trying to pull one over or is this something that we should actually be celebrating and you know, getting more people to jump on the Gazette. Well, I, I think first and foremost, we should be directing as many people to go to this uh, as as we possibly can. So if we if we had video, we'd be showing you the, the website. But uh, the one that you sent was www.gazette.gc.ca. Uh, and then there's a lot of links from there to, to find the cannabis, uh, the, the site, and that's G-A-Z-E-T-T-E. Uh, for Gazette. And now listen, at, on on face value, yes, let's get as many people over there and and mentioning and having their voices uh heard. On the secondary side of it, like you mentioned, this is this is kind of like how they legalized cannabis. Like they barely made it legal and profitable for people. They did the bare minimum when it came to legalizing. They focused so much on how they think it could be harmful instead of the benefits economically and and health-wise of the plant. So in this is kind of similar to what Health Canada has done with legalization. It's the bare minimum and they're barely making it profitable and legal, in my opinion. Exactly. And, you know, honest, the if you ask someone from Health Canada, they're like, yeah, we don't have to. You know, this is we're not in it for economic development. We're here to make sure Canadians are safe. And that's the mandate that they set out. So on their side, that would be their defense. And uh, fortunately for the industry, we've seen that this is actually a pretty cool economic indicator for growth, uh, particularly in a pandemic where, you know, people are losing you know, jobs and all the other factors is that cannabis growth a potential could be a positive impact on the total, uh, you know, federal framework for how things are growing in this country, particularly right now. So, you know, they're not touching on it yet, but that's the point of the roundtables is to get more 
you know, consultation on this. And I'm, I'm happy to see that they're putting out anything that you can respond to. Um, I mean, the roundtables are very much a, a, a due process, you know, public information. But the Gazette, I mean, it's a free form email. Like you could send an email answering the questions in this document to the, you know, the uh, consultation email address for Health Canada or for, for the government and, and say whatever you want. So I think that's great. I'm going to put in several pages worth of documents and frameworks and things that I've already concocted in this and share them in that way and share it with my network. And that's why we're talking about it now. Yeah, and it's it's very important that we let um, you know every Canadian have uh, is able to have their say. If if you if you have a an issue, this is where you can at least put it forward, and and hopefully you know let's hope that some of this is actually taken seriously and not just um, you know for fa- for uh, you know saving face or just a show or whatever it is. So I'm I, I listen. I'm gonna. Uh, I don't know if it's the time of the year, but I'm going to have a little bit of faith that this there is going to be some good coming out of this, and it's not just going to be lip service. At least that's what I'm going to think of today, anyway. Yeah, let's let's say let's think of it that way for sure. <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's get into change makers, and and this is disturbing. Um, this is uh, a disturbing um, uh, trend in when it comes to change makers, and that's uh, you know some cannabis dispensaries and big box stores are not wanting to comply with the cannabis act that we just discussed. Yeah. You know, uh, this is this again, I think it really comes down to education. Uh, and I use the quote that I said myself again, also that came from the round table education eats stigma. And in this case, misinformation for breakfast, mm-hmm. um, because in both of these cases that both popped up this week, um, on LinkedIn and in several different places, actually we see big box stores. So that's Walmart, uh, Walmart Canada uh, is listing a line of CBD products uh, that break several domestic laws around uh, labeling and CBD uh, and claims being made about those products on their website. So Walmart Canada has their e-commerce website up and you can go, anyone can go on there and order products delivered directly to them without going to a store. They've got a whole bunch of CBC stuff on there and they're really not, um, saying anything about the about like they really shouldn't be there you know these products are are not properly labeled according to health canada regulations and they're coming from the u.s again another part of contention is you can't Mm -hmm. bring this stuff into canada without you know proper import uh, channels um and the other thing is that the claims made on a lot of cbd products that are made in the u.s don't follow any uh guidelines for anything whether it be food and drug um or health and safety or any of the packaging uh, requirements so there's just this is this part where the misinformation is, is on both the the retail side as well as the cannabis or cbd whoever they are whatever they're making um their onus is on them and no one's no one's enforcing it or checking it. So this is up to this is up to the industry and the public to call them out on it. But it would really otherwise not get you know um, looked into. Yeah, that that's wild. Like you know, in in some parts of uh, well, a lot of parts in the U.S. and even in some parts of Quebec, you can go in and buy booze uh, from a convenience store. And this is starting to sound like, um, you know, like in the United States where you can buy CBD at a mall kiosk or something. And this is not supposed to be happening in Canada. This is obviously, I don't understand how this would even, 
Like, how would this even get put up on a on a website and be allowed? This is mind boggling. Like, you know, we and we've talked about in the past about the actual dispensaries that are, you know, violating everything in plain sight. This is at a totally different level in a box store, like a a what do you call a Walmart? They're just a, a all encompassing store, right? This yeah, is like amazing. a general uh, e-commerce, and this is their e-commerce site. So these products are not available in store. They're on their website. Um, and I'm not exactly sure how Walmart's e-commerce backend works. Like if anyone in any of their places where they operate, like globally, can just put a, a product on their e-commerce store and say it's okay to be sent to Canada. I'm not sure who's checking that, but someone should be. And according to this, uh, the people that posted this on LinkedIn, they did reach out to Walmart Canada asking for their comments on it. Um, and they said it was an oversight. So again, these kinds of things, an oversight, like you're, you know, you're, you're bringing a bunch of things. There's not a bunch of stuff here that's not okay. So how is this just an oversight and what controls do they have in their company to protect against that? But I want to bring up the other example that I mentioned here and and just to, to lump it in, because I think it's equally as important. And this is the people within Canada that have, I would say the part of the legacy market that had a full plan to roll out their stores and their it's cafe uh, spelled C-A-F-E Toronto. And they have several locations in Toronto that sell both cannabis like an old school dispensary, as well as other products side by side. And this Toronto dispensary has been shut down many times and they've been tried to work around the law by making their establishment some sort of a residence location and all of these sort of loopholes. Um, and the funny thing is that they were voted this year uh, as Reader's Choice by Toronto Now Magazine, which is a really big publication. And the magazine didn't even you know, know that this was you know, anything other than a number one choice, the winner of, uh, you know, stores or retailers um, in Toronto. So the point is the education is not getting to the people that need the education. You know, the publications need the education, the consumers need the education. And in the course of uh, CAFE or CAFE, like they're a major point of contention for uh, Toronto legal retailers because they're literally operating in plain sight down the street from stores that have waited months like five or six seven months ready to go but they're waiting for health canada to issue them a license so they can open their doors and sell legal cannabis it just it's infuriating how this loophole is existing right now yeah that's so crazy like that's like somebody uh making like booze at moonshine uh winning the best bar or beer store in Toronto. Like that's that's yeah. the equivalent of it. It's it's ridiculous because they're not legal. And and for that publication to not make that uh, distinction or even include them in that distinction, they you know they they deserve uh, um, um, I think uh, some negative publicity as well because that's not right either. They're they're doing a disservice to the industry as well by including them. Exactly, because it is misinformation. They're essentially, like we talked about before with some of those, um, you know, those um, press release groups, like they're essentially disseminating like not legal information. So I want to share my solution to this, but, you know, before we wrap up to the next thing, because I actually thought of this uh, in a really simple way that really exists already in our, in, in Canada is the framework for 
How, what do we, how do we deal with people that bring illegal products into the country, for example? So I, I, thought, I thought of that as like, this might actually be a really good place to do this in this particular example. So if you think about it, like if you come into Canada and you get on the, on the airplane and you get a, you know, a declaration card for customs, it asks you, how much did you spend? Where did you go? And how long were you away for? And then all of the products that you bring in are classified, classified under different categories, depending on what they are, food and agriculture, or cigarettes for tobacco and alcohol. So there's like defined um, framework for, for penalty for not declaring things that you bring into the country. And there's a whole industry around the TV show of border, border, border patrol, mm-hmm. uh, both in Canada and the U S around, you know, pointing out that these are the ways that we deal with this. So don't lie to the government because if you do, it's a much bigger fine than if you were just honest. So for example, as a solution, you know, um, letting this, these stores so be enforced by local municipalities, because obviously there's lots of different jurisdictions as these, these laws are in effect. But right now they're trying to shut them down on the basis of not having um, a license. Um, but that's up, left up to the local municipalities who really don't have a vested interest in that side. I mean, they're they're more concerned about the day-to-day policing and safety of the, of the city. So it's it's onerous for them to go and shut these down for the purpose of not complying with Health Canada. So what I was suggesting was make it a fine on the basis of, you know, they're not complying with with their mischief uh, or their lack of uh, following the laws of the city. Um, so what I gave in this example uh, was a way to like incentivize and level the playing field where um, the Cannabis Act is essentially a fine um, equivalency. So for example, if, if the, the RCMP or the municipality, the police, like it's, for example, we're talking about Toronto police, they could go into the cave store, the cafe store and request, uh, or like you literally it, write them a ticket for um, a multiplier on the volume of their business. That's equivalent to how much it costs to operate that business in the legal framework. So for example, if the store was, you know, a thousand square feet and they're allowed to hold a certain amount of cannabis under the health can act, but they're clearly not paying for that because they're not a legal store, issue them the fine that's equivalent to that amount of money. So that way there's like a real incentive to go to the legal side because if you're talking about money and you're issuing them a penalty, a fine that they have to pay or defend, then if it's the same amount of money that costs to open that retail store and operate it in that period of time, then the the balance of onus is on the store and the penalty will make it so that they're in line with what a, a legal store would have to pay. So it's uneconomic for them to operate in that way. And, and then therefore they should go and get a license. All right. I, I like that. And, and, and any kind of enforcement, because you're right, there's, there's a lot of resources that go into this. So um, there has to be some sort of system. There has to be some sort of enforcement because it's a little ridiculous that, uh, you know, it's, it's operating in plain sight. It's also fraud because they're, they're putting uh um, a misinformation on the packaging. They're putting a sticker that looks like it's from Health Canada on the packaging, yeah. and that's not what it is. All right, let's uh, let's quickly wrap up with uh, what it means to be green. And you're talking about the government and climate, and and both of them uh, being on the same side. Yeah. So I have to say, it took a while, but uh, Trudeau's on my on in my good books right now um, because he believes in what it really means to be green. That Trudeau is 
is epitomizing that with his announcements this week on climate action. So they announced this week that Canada's strengthening their climate plan to protect the uh, environment, to create jobs, and to support communities and build Canada's clean industrial advantage is one of the points of their, um, you know, released documents this week um, on this climate action plan that they will create economic growth, cut pollution and ensure Canadians continue with um, good paying and long lasting jobs by helping their businesses reduce emissions and make low carbon products that the world wants to buy now and in the future. This is exactly what it means when I said cannabis is a uh, legalization is a catalyst for a greener planet. This is a hundred percent a manifestation of this exact um, thing because when I talk about cannabis, it's another way of creating green, low tech, car- reduce carbon emissions, give high paying quality jobs to Canadians and citizens. And it took a time for governments to realize that there are other cleaner and sustainable ways for creating economic growth and stimulating new ways of making uh, things that force people out of their comfort zone. Cause that's really what this is. It's forcing mm-hmm. anyone that still believes in oil as a, as a source of uh, economic growth out of their comfort zone. But you and I both know there's a lot of oil and gas refugees working in the cannabis space and all of the, uh, the examples of the hemp based products that we've been talking about that I'm working on the 50,000 uses from hemp is another example. So this is a as an exact reason and what I'm talking about when it means to be green and Trudeau figured it out. Yeah. And, and like, I, I, there are, I don't think anybody at, well, I, I shouldn't say, I don't think anybody, but I don't think a lot of people out there are saying get rid of oil uh, altogether, but we need to supplement uh, our, our, our energy uh, resources with other things. And, and hemp fits right in that, uh, like that's right in the wheelhouse for hemp. It is. And the funny thing is I had a, one of my oil and gas friends here in Calgary, they sent me a text message this morning with a petition for supporting a redaction of this exact sentiment from Trudeau. And I'm like, I can't, I can't sign a petition redacting this. I believe that he's right. And I 100% am on board and I've got jobs and there's economy and there's new engineering projects for all of your friends to work on, get off the oil. And over time we can transition, but it's these kinds of statements for our government that we need to have to move forward and not pushing back on this. There's nothing to push back on here. <laughs> there's this 100% support from the Green generation company and that's all i've got to say about that awesome good stuff you can find out more information and how melka can help you at www.greengencompany.com thanks as always melka hopefully next week we'll have it all figured out and we'll be able to see each other again thanks dean have a great day the Cannabis 101 podcast, your guide through the legalization and consumption of cannabis in Canada and beyond. Thank you to Malcolm LaBelle, David Wiley, two of our partners, along with Stonesmiths. Check them out at stonesmiths.ca. You'll love it, especially if you live in the northern climates like we do. It has a battery built for cold weather. Like these things are designed by users for users, so they know they know the problems that they've discovered. Plus, it looks really, really cool. Check it out, stonesmith.ca. Get them in your retail shop if you are a retailer. Get one under your tree if you're just a big fan of awesome, awesome products. Bud, dope, flower. 
Ganja, Mary Jane. We all have our own language when it comes to cannabis. Herb, John Lennon, plant, tie stick, salad. So let's explore another weed word of the day. Samuel L. Jackson, the Hobbit's leaf, Lady Gaga, 420. what we do on weed word of the day we give you one slang word one standard term and uh, the slang word we're going with is head shop and that's a retail store that sells cannabis paraphernalia like pipes bongs papers things like that but not actual weed uh, we're actually going to speak to one of those uh, co- uh, an owner of one of those the co-owner of shell shock colin is going to join me this weekend he's scheduled to join me on hour number two and that's what a head shop is, shell shock uh, or anything else like that, where you can go in and you can buy different uh, items that you can use with cannabis, but you don't actually buy cannabis. Uh, head shop is the term we're going with there. And uh, the standard term is normal, but N-O-R-M-L. It's the acronym for the National Organization for the Reform of Marijuana Laws. National Organization for the Reform of Marijuana Laws. It was started in 1970 by Keith Stroop uh, with a grant from none other than Hugh Hefner and the Playboy Foundation and uh, good things they have done since the 70s to just try to, I love the the acronym, let's normalize and uh, let's reform the marijuana laws because, you know, in, in the United States, that's that's happening in Canada, it's happened, and we're still working on uh, the process, as as you would expect uh, any country would do in the first couple of years. All right, that's going to wrap things up for hour number one. Uh, hopefully, next time, you'll be able to watch us as we had some problems with the uh, camera equipment today. Usually, though, we do stream these uh, on uh, YouTube and our social media channels as well. So normally you will be able to see what the set looks like and what our uh, guests look like as well. But if you did like the show, please uh, uh, subscribe, leave us a review. Uh, Just uh, click on that button and you'll get it every time a new episode comes out. And we'd love to hear what you think of the program. You can also get the latest on what's happening with the Cannabis 101 podcast by subscribing to the Weed Weekly at www.cannabis101podcast.ca. If you sign up, you're in the mix for the prize pack every Friday, but only for subscribers. Plus, it's an easy way to keep up to date with the Cannabis 101 podcast and all the great things uh, that our partners are doing, like Stonesmiths with the Slash, something new coming before April 20th. And remember, December 14th, that's when this episode is coming out, your last chance to get in on the mix of awarding somebody else the Slash. Yeah, you can... Just email us. Tell us who you think deserves to get the slash from Stonesmiths this year, and we're going to be giving away one of these beauties. You can find more of them at stonesmiths.ca, particularly if you're a retail store. These are starting to become hot sellers. If you'd like to become a partner of the show, let us know. Email me, cannabis101podcast at gmail.com. That is cannabis101podcast at gmail.com. Or if you think you would make a good guest, I'd love to hear from people about uh, appearing on the show. Or if you just want to chat about cannabis, always up for that as well. Hour two on Wednesday featuring Colin, the co-owner of Shellshock head shops here in Edmonton and that will be our feature interview we'll also have Chris Ionson the manager of Nova Cannabis Jasper Ave as our educator on what's that strain past episodes can be found at www.cannabis101podcast.ca and you can find more of my shows 
of the sports variety at podcastalley.ca. Big thanks to David Wiley and Malcolm LaBelle for joining me on the program and for you, the listener, usually the viewer, but we wouldn't be doing this show without you. So thank you very much for tuning in. We'll be back on Wednesday for hour two. As we leave you, as always, it's not just about getting high. It's about getting healthy. Here's the marijuana song from the artist, My Dead Dog.